Good morning, everyone. Welcome to the Tuesday, August 18th edition of the MMA OB Daily Podcast. I'm your host, as always, Adam Martin, and I'm joined by my co-host here, Mr. Cole Shelton, to break down this weekend's upcoming UFC on ESPN 15 Munoz Edgar card, Cole, as well as tonight's Dana White's Contender Series uh, 29, I believe, 28. I can't remember what it is now. 28, 29, right? I don't know. I just know it's week three. Yeah, week three. Let's see here. 29. Yeah, so they're, they're, it's crazy. Uh, what else here? We got UFC 252 recap. So it's going to be a busy show, guys. And, and we'll start off with this. John Jones vacating the UFC lightweight, light heavyweight title. Let's start with that, Cole. So news came out yesterday that the UFC was booking a fight between Yan Blahovitz and Dominic Reyes for September 26th, which is UFC 253. So I'm assuming that will be the co-main event, Cole to Adesanya Costa, even though it's a higher weight class, I think it'll be co-main event. Yeah. And when that news came out, I think a lot of us were like, okay, this is probably going to be for interim belt. A couple hours later, uh, John Jones goes on Twitter and announces that he has vacated the UFC light heavyweight championship. And I, I believe that Reyes and Blahowitz will be fighting for that vacant title now as the co-main event of that card, UFC 253. But John Jones vacates the title. Uh, you know, definitely something that I'm not shocked about, Cole, because – We've heard rumblings about this for a few months now. John hasn't fought since February. Didn't seem like he had any interest in fighting at 205 anymore. He could have fought a guy like Yan. He could have fought Dominic again. It didn't seem like those fights were getting him interested, Cole. It seems like John Jones at this point in his career is like, you know what? It's either a super fight or bust. Like, he only wants to fight these super fights like Nagano or Stipe Miocic. So these fights against guys like Yan and Dominic, super dangerous guys, super tough guys that – honestly aren't stars. So like, what's the point of it for John Jones? That's what, that's probably the way he's thinking about it, Cole. So now he vacates the belt and it frees up the move up to heavyweight. Now he can move up to heavyweight now, Cole and fight Stevie Miocic and two or five will be untouched. So I want to hear your thoughts and everything, man. What do you think about this uh, move by John Jones to vacate the belt? I am. I'm not surprised, but I am surprised just because I thought if the move was always going to be heavyweight, I've talked to Mike Winkles on a lot, even like off the record and, it's for the past like couple months. Whenever I've asked him, I've interviewed him a lot of times. Normally, I always ask about Johnson up to heavyweight. It's always now we're focused on light heavyweight. And the past couple times I've talked to him, he goes, "Yeah, we're probably heavyweight." Like he's bulking up right now. So I thought what the UFC would do is they try to capitalize on this champ champ thing. He'd be the champ, go up to fight Stipe or DC if they if DC would have won on Saturday night. So I am surprised he vacated it just so we can't have that picture with the two belts and all that stuff just so they can mark him as a champ champ and all that if he wins. So I'm surprised he vacated it like that. But again, it moves makes him move up to heavyweight. He I know he hasn't been happy with the UFC and his pay as of late. So maybe he was going to get stripped anyway. So he just thought, oh, I'll just vacate it because the UFC was really pushing him. They want another light heavyweight title fight this year. So I'm sort of surprised the UFC didn't book a champ champ fight. But I'm not really surprised he had to vacate it just because I don't I don't think he had anything else left to prove a light heavyweight. Like what is really out there? A Dominic Race rematch, okay, but is that really exciting for him? A Jan Vlahovic fight, like that's not really doing much for his legacy or anything. So yep. it was really just fighting. And is is does he really care to fight those fights? Or does he care to go up to heavyweight fight like the steep days, fight Francis and Ganu? And I've seen a lot of talk of on just on Twitter fans bringing up Brock Lesnar. I don't think I could I don't know if I see that happening. I don't think Brock really would ever return. I don't know. What about you? Not now, but I think a few years ago, if I could have happened, just yeah. too late. Now. I think it's too late. Like yep. right when they couldn't make Brock versus DC for the heavyweight title, like why would he fight John for not a title fight? 
it'd be a big fight though, Cole. I mean, still, even Brock Lesnar, I think he's like what forty-five now. Let me check. I mean, he's still he's, a beast. First off, like the guy's still a monster, but he's forty-three actually. So he, actually, there's guys like Olenek and Verduma who are older than him. They're still fighting, but yeah, I mean, he hasn't fought in a few years now, right? Since the Mark Hunt fight, can Brock Lesnar pass a drug test? I don't know. Probably not. I don't know, man. I don't think so. Yeah, I don't think that fight's gonna happen. But as far as um, Jones against potentially Stipe, I think that has a good chance, man. Honestly, I know Dana White said Nagano is gonna be next in line. Francis deserves it, Cole. It's gonna suck if he doesn't get his title shot. But I just feel like, it, and I wrote an article at MMA ratings, Cole. It's about striking where while the iron's hot. And in this case, John Jones is out there saying, "I want to move up to heavyweight. I'm putting on weight." He says he's like bulking up now during his time off. I just think like this might be the only time you can ever book that fight between Stipe and John Jones. And here's the other question I have for you, Cole. If that fight does happen, and again, Dana White says Ngano is going to be next, but I'm not totally believing that just yet. If they booked John Jones or Stipe, would the winner have claim to being the greatest fighter ever, including Stipe? If Stipe goes to their beach, John Jones, could you start talking about him as the GOAT? That's interesting. I still have yeah. I still have GSP way up there. Maybe that's a Canadian bias, but I yeah. I think he's probably one or two. It really depends on what you think of Jones. You saw the test. If you if you're in the camp that if you fail, you saw a test, you're out of the question, then it's George is the best. Yeah. If you're okay with that, then I'd probably lean towards John Jones being the best. John Jones is the best fighter I've ever seen, even I've watched St. Pierre fight, but yeah. he just the way he dominates, like St. Pierre was so good, but I just think Jones does it a bit better. But man, Stipe gets no respect. Like I know you wrote up the betting odds for that. Like, why yeah. is he such? He's like a what was he plus one eighty or plus one seventy five yeah, against Francis and Ganu? Yeah, he's, I was going to ask you about this goal. We have to talk about this right now. So fifty forty four, he beat Francis and Ganu, and this guy's a plus one eighty. If that fight happens, he's plus one eighty. I'm throwing money on that. Like, yeah. why? I honestly think I get why and Ganu closed the favor of the first fight. I could see him probably closing, but. I would have opened this honestly like Stipe minus one twenty minus one twenty five. Like he dominated the first fight. What do you think makes a difference? Like he has such a good chin. I hardly think Cormier only knocked out because of the fact he took so much damage damage against Francis. But plus one seventy five. Like I would be throwing money on Stipe at that price. Yeah, we gotta mention that. So the odds came out for two potential fights. First one, John Jones versus Stipe Miocic. John Jones minus one fifty. Stipe plus one thirty. I'm fine with that. I think I'm fine with that too. I think at that line, you're going to get public action on both guys. And I honestly wouldn't be surprised if the line probably doesn't even move that much and closes around that if they fight. Yeah, it'll move because they'll have big bets on that fight if it happens. Like you're going to see like six figure, seven. I, I think you'd have bad, big bets on both guys because some yeah. guys would really like Stipe, some guys would really like Jones, some would question Jones at heavyweight and all that. And like I think Jones would probably close the favor, but I don't think he'd get into like a minus two hundred thing. And like he'd probably close anywhere from minus one twenty to minus one seventy around that range. This is the fight I want to see, man. I mean, we've already seen Agato and Steve. I know it was two years ago. Agato's did amazing stuff, man. He's great. And again, it sucks if he doesn't get the tail shot. I just feel like John John Jones is the guy that can beat Steve right now, and John Jones is the guy who can become that double champion. We've all wanted to see John Jones move to heavyweight for like the last five or six years, Cole. Finally, he's out there talking about it, and now we have the Gano in the way. Like, I don't think Francis Gano is going to be the guy that's going to get in the way of that fight. So we'll see what happens. I know what Dana White said, but, you know, Dana White can change his mind. I think he might. Um, but, yeah, the other odds, of course, I just mentioned that Nagano and Stipe potential fight. Nagano opened at minus 225, Stipe plus 190. Like, And I even wrote in the article, like, it's an absolute no-brainer to bet on Stipe at those odds. Like, it's stupid odds. 
And I think Bet Online opened those odds, and those guys are good generally. They open good lines. I know what they're thinking here because obviously Nagato closes the favorite the first time Cole, and there's a lot of hype behind him right now with the four straight knockouts. When is Stipe going to get some respect, though? Are you serious? Like, he just beat DC again. He's the best heavyweight we've ever seen. The guy's great. I, I like Stipe at plus one. Right now, he's plus 170. I like him. At, dude, as a plus dog, are you kidding me? Plus one. Cool. I'd like him at plus 110. If I get yeah, plus I money on Stipe, I'd bet Stipe. Yeah, and I had Francis in the first fight, and obviously it didn't work out that way. And and he might win this fight. He definitely could win. He can obviously knock out Stipe. He can knock out anyone. I just think based on what we saw in that first fight, Cole, and based on the fact that Stipe is the greatest heavyweight ever, give the guy some respect, man. I wouldn't be surprised if, say that fight happened, once you get past the second round, the live bet has like Stipe at like minus 500. Like, I think if you get past the second round for your Stipe, that live bet, it would, even if Francis won the first two rounds, I think the live bet would be all of a sudden way pumped up to Stipe as the favorite. Yeah, I don't think you're wrong about that. So let's just pivot quickly to 252. I don't want to talk about too much because I um, I already recapped it on Sunday night, guys, when I came home from my trip. So go back and check out Sunday's podcast. I did all uh, 11 fights in the card. So go back and uh, watch that if you missed it. But there's a few key fights I quickly want to touch on with Cole here. So obviously the main event Cole, I, I had it Stipe 4-1. to one. I, I can't believe there's some people that had DC. I don't know how you scored it, man, but I'm really surprised that there's some smart people that had DC winning. I don't know how. Well, how'd you score it? I had DC round one and four, and round – what round? One of those rounds, I'm like, ah, I can see Stipe. I forget which round it was, but four. I thought it was 3-2 Stipe or 4-1 Stipe. Yeah. Anyone that had 3-2 DC is the most biased DC, I don't man. Yeah. I didn't see – like, I had, like, a uh, couple bodies over, and every single one had – steep pick three two or four one and these are like not like casual my fans like a lot of my friends are pretty hardcore on my fans like they watch a lot of the cards and a lot of them are like dc didn't win that fight and a lot of them were rooting for dc or pick dc and they're like yeah dc lost that fight yeah no i thought so too but it was a, it was a good fight honestly like i i, I think it could have won fight of the night they gave fight of the night to the first fight of the night between kamaka and Kelly. which was a sick fight a good fight for sure i'm actually cool with that because those guys need the money more cool like they definitely yeah. need that game. Yeah, around like twelve and twelve or fourteen and fourteen. They might be making ten and ten, man. We have yeah. no the disclosed payouts aren't disclosed anymore. So yeah, um, I'm okay with that. Plus, Dana White seems to be going to the fans now to like get their recommendations for Friday night. He said their social media teams like doing it, so which is a lot cooler. Get the fans more engaged and stuff. I'm fine with it. Plus, like they made some bad calls. Like I think it was the fight between Quarantillo and uh, Spike Carlisle and Elliot uh, Royal. Yeah. Um, I would fight that instead, and everyone was like, "Why did you pick that as fight that?" When the other fight was like clearly the more. Well, what, Philly Jordan is that the one that didn't get it? And that was a good, yeah. That was another really good fight that didn't win, and a lot of people were surprised. So I think that since they've gone to the fans, it's been a little better. But um, it's either here or there. I just want to get your quick thoughts on uh, the co-main event here between Vera and O'Malley. Obviously, injury led to the finish, but you know, huge win for Marlon Vera. Obviously, he could be on a seven-fight win streak now, Cole, because I think a lot of us thought he won his last fight. Either way, six fights in a row at Bantamweight. Definitely time for a top 10 guy. But my question is, is this a legitimate win? Because there was an injury that led to the finish. What do you think? I think you have to give Vera credit. But if O'Malley's going to lose, this is the best way you can lose. Like, he didn't go out there and get starched or just get dominated. His first loss has so many concern, like question marks. When he comes back, like, so many people are still going to hype him up. I don't think he really lost any of that hype or just... I know he's not ranked anymore. The ranks not updated, but he's probably going to be out for quite a while. I know ankle injuries. Like once you sprain or break your ankle, it's so easy to do it again. Like 
I just know a bunch of people that have bad ankles that right when you sprain it once, it's just like a wrong step. You're going to sprain again. Sure. That same foot that he, uh, he injured in Sugupoff. So now the question is like, is this going to hinder O'Malley's like future and what it is? Cause angles are something that like, maybe he's going to need surgery. Like as in the, the weighing in with Josh Thompson and John McCarthy, Josh Thompson said he has bad ankles like that. And every single time you throw a kick, like he had plates installed and it just hurts. Like you are hesitant now to move. You're hesitant to throw your kick. So maybe when Al O'Malley comes back, like maybe, and his kicks are a huge part of his game and his movement. Maybe that's hindered now. So I think O'Malley's going to be out for quite a while. Just let it heal. But I think this is kind of the best way he could lose. So there's still people that view him as undefeated and all that wasn't a real loss. Yeah, I'm with you on that. You got to give Cheeto Vera credit. He did what he had to do to win the fight, but Definitely an injury led to the finisher. It reminds me of Michael Chandler fight with Brent Primus, and then they ran it back, and Chandler dominated the rematch. So I'd like to see these guys potentially run it back at some point. Not right now, though. You know, for Cheeto, I think he's definitely due for a top ten guy. Cole, we'll see what happens for his next fight. Maybe Jim, Jimmy Rivera. There was That's the guy I was thinking about. Some beef between those guys a couple years ago, and uh, the fight didn't go through. So I think maybe we'll do that fight again. Uh, yeah, I mean, again, I recapped the card guys on Sunday. I don't want to get to it too much because we have a lot to talk about today. So. Is there anything else you want to talk about? Was Burning Desire to talk about on this card, Cole, before we get into the uh, preview? No? You're good? Okay. Let's uh, let's go to some comments here. Cameron Miller. What's up, Adam and Cole? Hey, how's it going, Cameron? And we got Dan Esbach. How's it going, man? Cheeto heard him. He did. The kick, I think, did cause some damage. But I, I think that there's possibly a, a previous injury as well. It's hard to say, Cole, honestly. It's like the – It wasn't just an injury. I know you're saying, uh, Dan – yeah, I mean, we, me and Cole are giving Cheeto some credit here, but again, you know, it was it was a guy that was compromised from an injury, and again, the injury did happen. And O'Malley does wear those like ankle yeah. wraps or whatever, which yeah. I know. Whenever I talk to him, he always wants to fight in Vegas because Vegas allows those, and a lot of other commissions don't. So maybe he's had bad angles for a while, and that's why he wants to fight in Vegas, just to have that added support. Yep. No, I'm with you on that one, Cole. So let's pivot to UFC and ESPN 15 preview, guys. So we'll do that, and then we'll do Contender Series afterwards. Uh, Cole, I set it up. Just overall thoughts on this card. Yeah, obviously, I'm really looking forward to the main event. Frank Yeager, Pedro Munoz. Co-main event, it's interesting. Owen St. Pierre, Alonzo Manifield. I'm interested to see uh, that fight. But, man, this card lost a lot of steam. Like, yep. Uriah Hall, Yoel Romero, that was going to be such a good fight. I really feel bad for Uriah Hall. Uriah Hall is a guy that's been at Fortis. I talked a lot about Fortis and how hard he's worked. And just losing out on the Jacques fight, now the Yoel Romero fight. Like, these are supposed to be his two big fights. I'm not surprised he didn't take a replacement opponent. A lot. I saw a lot of people saying, oh, he's going to fight Marvin Vittori. Why would he fight the 14th ranked guy when he was set to fight like the fourth or what's Romero, Romero fourth or fifth, something like that? So yep. I understand why he wanted this fight rebooked. If he beats Romero, he's probably one win away from a title shot. And then you lose Michelle Watterson, Angela Hill for a couple weeks. Just, I mean, you just lost a lot of the marquee names. It's, and it's a lot of UFC debuts. That's a hard thing to pick and bet because you don't know how someone's going to fare in their UFC debut. Yeah, he's 100% right about that. Sharp Thought, what's up, guys? Hey, Sharp Thought, how's it going, man? And uh, Dan is asking, I think, about O'Malley's injury. Uh, O'Malley released a statement. What do you say, Cole? He was – I know he – there's no broken there's, – there's nothing broken – but they have to wait for the swelling down to get another like MRI to see the ligaments. I think I didn't think anything was broken. I think it's gonna be like a something. It's badly sprained, or it's gonna be like some eye sprain angle like a couple weeks ago, and I literally couldn't even walk on it for like a couple days. So 
Right. I think it's pretty serious. Like, even if it's just sprain, I know people are going to say, oh, you quit when you just sprained your ankle. Like, it's hard to even walk on the thing. Yeah, for sure. It is. All right, let's get into this card, man. I'm excited to talk about with you, Cole. When we have 11 fights to talk about today, I mean, there's potentially a 12th fight that's going to be added between Dwight Grant and someone. He was pulled from the card. When he's, uh, well, I know if he was pulled from the card, his opponent was Dwight, uh, what's his name, uh, Gooden. Jared, Jared Gooden. Gooden, yeah. Jared Gooden. He was pulled from the card. So hopefully they'll find some for Dwight Grant. But right now we have 11 fights. So let's start with the prelims, the very bottom work right up. I'm using the topology bout order, Cole. So first fight, according to them, Mark Striegel making his UFC debut against Timur Valiev also making his UFC debut. It's a Bantamweight fight. Two prospects here, Cole. Right now, the odds have Valiev as a big favorite, minus 525. Mark Striegel plus 415. Who's your pick? Yeah, this is a really good fight. Mark Striegel is a guy that I've heard a lot about just because he does have some good wins. Like, I know he's up, like, he has, he submitted Kai Kara France in the first round, who's obviously one of the top Bantamweights. Is. Like he's a guy that I know a lot of regional scene fighters. You don't get a lot of good records. His past couple fights haven't been that good, but he's fought some pretty high level competition or some known guys. And to beat Kai Care France in the first round is pretty impressive. But I am so high in Team Value, just seeing him what he's done worlds he's fighting PFL. His only loss is Chris Gutierrez, a controversial split decision. Then he rematched him and beat him. So and Chris Gutierrez, I'm pretty high on. So to see that get done, I think Team Value should win this fight. The big question is whether or not he can finish Mark Striegel. Striegel has been submitted before, and I think that's where Valiev's probably best path is. He has on Ogpar, but he had, does have some submissions. So I would be surprised if we see like Valiev drop Striegel and lock in a submission or something. But I think Valiev can get the win and get a stoppage win as well. Yeah, I think you're on the right path here, Cole. I think you have to kind of think which way is he going in the fight, decision or a stoppage. I'm kind of leaning towards a stoppage too. Striegel definitely has a nice streak going here, Cole. Five straight, no, not five straight wins, four wins, and then no contest. One of these rare guys that gets signed after a no contest to the UFC after a low blow. But uh, yeah, I mean, he's been impressive, man. He has quite a bit of experience, like you said, Cole. Some good wins. Kai Care of France. It was six years ago, but still, it's a solid win. I feel like if you look at his record, man, this guy was kind of locked in like five or six years ago. I think he's kind of making his debut a little bit late. He's age 30, right. you know? So I kind of feel like he missed his prime. But we'll see. I mean, who knows? I feel like the fight should be a lot closer than these odds. Uh, I don't think it's a 525 spread. No. I think it's a little bit closer. I would have value of like minus 300. So I think that I don't really see value in him at minus 525. So, you know, I, I do think he wins the fight, guys. And I think a lot of people will parlay him. Value is an impressive guy. I mean, six straight wins. He's a guy that's been kind of highly touted for a while. A guy that a lot of us have been looking forward to fight, seeing fight in the UFC for a while. Also, a guy with a lot of experience. I mean, a lot of high-level experience. Has some good wins on his resume, like you said, Cole. Chris Gutierrez and a couple other guys there. So, I mean, he's got some nice wins. I, I'm going to pick Valley of Cole. I, I think he can potentially finish this fight as well. But uh, I, I don't like minus 525 and a guy making his debut, personally. Um, well, with these odds, is like... I, Vegas is leaning towards a decision because Valiev wins by decision, minus 135. Valiev inside the distance is plus 215. So yeah, I'm seeing that right now, and I saw Dan says it's plus 300 wherever his book is. So, yeah, I think that that's kind of the way to go here. I mean, why would you lay juice on decision? I think you could take a shot on him by finish. And he, he might win decision. You know, we, we're not uh, perfect at predicting these fights, but I, I think based on the value, call, I mean, that inside the distance prop something to think about. I mean, this guy's a huge favorite, typically huge favorite win their fights by stoppage. So my picks team are valued by stoppage. That's my pick here. Again, don't love the straight money line there, but uh, that prop on inside distance, definitely very tempting, Cole. All right, next up, we have a welterweight belt between 
Matthew Semmelsberger and Carlton Minus. Right now, Carlton Minus is minus 135, and Matthew Semmelsberger plus 115. Cole, close fight. Who do you have here? Yeah, it's really interesting because Carlton Minus opened at minus 365. So a lot of people are betting Matthew Semmelsberger, but which kind of gives me some hesitation because I'm I think Carlton Minus wins this fight, but maybe I'm not seeing something a lot of people are seeing to bet Semmelsberger. Maybe it's just the line that made him bet, but. Minus only lost to Rick Story in PFL. He's fighting out of Alaska Fight Championship. Not a lot of high-level guys come out of Alaska FC, so maybe that's what people aren't liking. But Samuelsberger, I don't know. I'm just, I think both these guys, I think this is a contender series fight. Like, I don't know if it's a UFC fight. Both these guys should have been on the contender series. They're both 27 years old, 6-2, and two, and then 10-1. and one. I think this is a perfect contender series fight, a headline a contender series card. So I'm, in, I'm surprised both guys just got signed outright. But I favor Carlton Minus. I think Minus can get done probably by decision. Semmelsberger is a tough guy. I know both his losses are a knockout and submission, but Minus wins a lot of his fights by decision. His past three wins are by his decision. So I think Minus can probably get done by decision. But, man, I it's a tough fight because you have two UFC debuts. So you don't really know what you're going to get out of them. Yeah, I'm with you on that too. I have the exact same thoughts, man. I think this is a contender series fight. So these guys are a little bit lucky that they are in – UFC right now, I think. Um, let's talk about both guys here. Carlton Minus, 10 and 1, 27 years old. Like you said, Cole, Alaska FC, and that's a brochure that doesn't get much credit and they haven't produced that much talent. But that uh, guy, Euros Medic, a few weeks ago, I mean, he looks yeah. so I think that might be their superstar for that promotion. But, uh, you know, other than the loss to Rick Story two years ago, Cole, I mean, this guy has definitely had a, a solid run. He has a couple noble wins. I mean, Justin Buckles, that's definitely a noble win. It's a solid win. Um, the Rick Story fight, I believe, was a short-notice fight as well. And uh, that's a tough guy, man. So like, that's not an easy guy to make your PFL debut against since then he picked up a win. Watching tape on him, the guy is pretty tough. Um, he's got pretty good striking. Doesn't throw enough volume for my liking, personally. But he can definitely be smart on the feet. And he's pretty fast as well, good defense. So overall, I, I liked what I saw from him. As far as Semmelsberger goes, 6-2. and two, 27 years old. This guy was signed a few months ago, actually, and he's finally making his debut. Um, I did watch tape on him as well. I watched his last fight against Richard Paddenstock. Man, that was – did you watch that fight, Cole? My God, that was a nasty finish. He was in the clinch with Paddenstock, jumped up, hit him with the knee, and then knocked him with an elbow. It was brutal. I think – yeah, it says puncher in topology. I'm pretty sure it was an elbow that knocked him out, though. Um, Got to watch it again. But yeah, I watched it like two days ago. Man, it was nasty. But the Chris Gradolo fight he won before that – it says TKO punches, but it's not because if you watch the fight, there was an injury. The guy broke his hand or something. That's why he won the fight. They have to correct that. That's not right. And the other fight, he just won. It's this so Karanian guy. I can't even pronounce his name. It was a split decision against the guy who was two and oh. So to me, this is not a UFC caliber fighter. I did like his last fight. I did think he was impressive against Padishnok, who's a guy who's fought Justin Gaethje. But otherwise, I wasn't impressed by him, man. I was more impressed by Minus from what I saw. So. My pick's Carlton minus. I think he wins the decision here, Cole. I think he'll be smart. But Selmsberger definitely has knockout power. He's a former football player. He's a good athlete. But uh, I, I like minus here, Cole. I'm with you on that one, man. But again, you know, tape is one thing. We, we have to see how these guys fight in the UFC. It's one thing on the regional scene, Cole. The UFC is a much different beast. Got a couple of comments here. Dan Esbach. I'm thinking that all the newcomers and debuts will make it almost like a tenor series. Lots of guys going for the finish. I hope so. And it's a small cage again, so that should help. Although... Somehow, Steepy and DC went the full frame round. I have no idea how that happened, Cole, by the way. Sharp thought. I watched tape and no one people were seeing in Semmelsberger. I bet minus, uh, minus 137. 
Yep, I'm with you on, sharp, on that sharp thought. I'd like them better on tape, but again, tape lies sometimes. There's some of these guys we've seen on tape that look terrible. You go to the UFC and they're like, it's night and day. Some of these guys sandbag in the regional scene. I don't think that's the case with this guy. I think he's a good fighter. He's just he's kind of green. You know, I think he'll be good. But at this point, it's I think minus is much more well-rounded goal. So that's my pick in this fight. We'll see what happens, though. I'm actually intrigued by this fight. Even though I don't think it's like a UFC caliber fight, I'm kind of intrigued by what happens because I think the winner could potentially be a, a good prospect at 170. All right, 205-pound fight here, Cole, between George Gonzalez and Ike Villanueva. I, it says 205. I'm, yeah. I'm wrong. Okay, so it's not heavyweight. Okay, that's a little surprising. Um, right now we have... Ike Villanueva is a small favorite, minus 130. George Gonzalez, plus 110. Who's your pick? Now, this is a tough fight. I'm not high on either guy. I don't really think either guy is that good. But Villanueva is a natural light heavyweight. His last fight was at heavyweight against Chase Sherman, lost in the second round. I'm going to pick Ike Villanueva here. I just like the, I know he lost last fight, just the UFC experience. At light heavyweight, he did a lot better. He was the Fury FC champ, beat Rashad Coulter in the fight before. Hasn't fought the best level of competition. Like the problem that worries me is he's been a guy that's uh, getting submitted. Like he got submitted against Trevin Giles and Justin Ledet in the regional scenes. If Jorge Gonzalez can get him down, he's probably a good shot to get submitted. But Gonzalez is a guy that gets submitted a lot, so maybe both through jujitsu, maybe this is just a stand-up fight, and both those guys are kind of worried about getting submitted so they don't take it down to the ground. It's such a close fight. I wouldn't bet it, even with Gonzalez at plus money. I don't think I'd really bet it, just because both guys have been knocked out before. I'll pick Villanueva. Maybe I think he can probably get a stoppage, but I would stay away from this fight. Yeah, I don't see this fight going the distance either, Cole. I think someone's going to finish her. I'm kind of leaning towards Gonzalez, though. A little bit more impressed by this guy. He's won um, seven of his last eight fights, including a knockout win over Luke Barnett. And Luke Barnett's not a great fighter by any means. That's still a decent win on the original scene, or I guess it was a uh, pretty big for ACA in Poland, but still a, a good win for him. Um, man, Villanueva looked terrible against Chase Sermon. I know he had some nice wins before that over guys like Rashad Coulter and Roger Narvaez, who were former UFC guys. He does have knockout power. Obviously, he's a big dude, but he's a guy that's been finished quite a few times in his career, Cole. And uh, I know that uh, Gonzalez has been finished as well. So, I, again, I don't think this fight's going in three rounds, but uh, – to me, it's a pure fade on Ike Villanueva. Didn't like what I saw in that last fight. Didn't look like a UFC caliber fighter. And he's 36 years old. So I'm going with Gonzalez, man. I think he knocks him out probably. Maybe a submission, but definitely this fight's not going distance. Cool. The odds on that, <laughs> minus 530. So, yeah, the odds breakers know that's going to happen as well. And we got Sharp Thought. He also likes Gonzalez. Staying away from this one. Betting-wise, that's why you're called Sharp Thought, man, because you don't bet on fights like this. It's not really a fight you want to bet on, I don't think. But uh, maybe you can find a... Uh, like a prop or something. Minus one and a half is minus 140. I mean, that, that has a chance to cash, I think, Cole. I, I don't think it goes past one round, actually, Cole. I think it probably ends in the first. All right, next up, this is a really interesting fight. Lightweight bout, Austin Hubbard against Joe Selecki. Right now we have Joe Selecki is a small favorite, minus 150. Austin Hubbard, plus 130. Who's your pick? I'm going with the underdog and Austin Hubbard. I don't really understand the line. I'm just personally not that high on Joe Selecki. I know he's won his UFC debut against Matt Wyman. He went to the distance against Matt Wyman. I think Matt Wyman's a guy you probably should finish at this stage of your career. Austin Hubbard, he gets no respect by the better than he's the underdog against Matt Roshkoff. I think he's been the underdog in every single fight, but maybe the prep one. Yeah, so yeah, he's been the underdog against uh, his only two losses you see are Davey Hamas and Marco Madsen, who are really good grapplers. Joe Selecki's a grappler himself, but he's not on that level of Marco Madsen and Davey Hamas. And Austin Hubbard had a ton of success against Marco Madsen in the third round. So I think he can stop the takedowns of Selecki. I think he'll piece Selecki up on the feet. I don't know if to be able to finish 
Selecki. We've seen Selecki at Nocturne before, but Hubbard's a guy that normally wins by decision. I think he can weather the storm of Selecki in the first round, take over his second, third round. Someone already against uh, Max Roscoff lost the first round, and then second and the second round, he really put it on. I think that's what you're going to see here. I think Hubbard's going to get a decision win. Yeah, I like Austin Hubbard, too, as a dog. <clears throat> I think he should be favored to win this fight, actually, after that last fight against Roscoff. I guess the Ozmakers just aren't giving him much credit for that fight because Roscoff is not a UFC fighter. I mean, he's a guy who literally admitted to quitting on the stool and who's not in the UFC anymore. So I guess the Ozmakers and the betting public's just like, hey, you know, that's not a great win. But to me, Cole, before that fight, everyone was talking about Max Roscoff as this huge prospect, and he went and destroyed him. So to me, like Austin Hubbard is a pretty good prospect himself, man. And you look at the two losses, Cole, Marco Madsen and Davey Ramos, like those are brutal matchups against like powerhouse wrestlers so to me that's just like or not really a wrestler in uh davy ramos's position but i guess like a grappler i should say um still i mean the guy's good man and he has nice wins on the regional scene in lfa and two and two record in the ufc joe selecki four fight win streak he also has a win in the ufc over matt wyman that's not that impressive a win he didn't even stop matt wyman i mean look at matt wyman's fight before against louis Pena. he got destroyed and this guy couldn't even stop him so to me that's not really a good sign, Cole, against a guy like Hubbard, who he's only been finished once in his career. I don't think Selecki finishes him, so Selecki's probably going to have to win the decision. And I think Hubbard's a guy with better cardio, quite frankly. I think Hubbard comes, like you said, Cole, probably has some struggles in the first round, comes back and wins the fight. So Austin Hubbard by decision, that's kind of how I'm thinking here. Yeah. Um, but it is a close fight, Cole. You know, I do think there is some value on him as a dog. I wouldn't go crazy on it, though, because Selecki is not bad. And he's on six of his last seven, so he's on a nice little streak. And in the comments here, Sharp thought he also likes Selecki in this fight. So I know what you're saying he says recency buys with Hubbard, potentially, but I also feel like Hubbard's a guy that wasn't getting enough credit before because he did lose those fights. But Cole, Marco Madsen's like an absolute stud. So I don't think there's any like and he like clearly won the third round. Like he, yeah, yeah. Like he was he piecing up like Marco Madsen. If there was there was a fourth round. I would have bet he would have probably finished Madsen in the fourth. Like, yeah. you're right, and his cardio is like his his weapon, you know. And he's got striking too. So, yeah. and he trains elevation. He's a main train partner. Of like, he works with Curtis Blades a lot. He works with Justin Gaethje. Like, he works with a lot of those guys at elevation. Corey Sandhagen, Neil Magny. Like, he works with a lot of guys, and his cardio is insane. Yeah, no, I'm with you on that one. So we both like Austin Hubbard in that fight. Next up. Mizikui Inouye against Amanda Lemos in a women's strawweight fight. This is a close fight as well, according to the odds. Inouye minus 145, Lemos plus 125. Who's your pick? I like Inouye here. I'm not super high on Amanda Lemos. I don't really understand. She went from bantamweight in the UFC in 2017, then all of a sudden she returned two years later, dropped down to strawweight. Two-weight class difference, submitted Miranda Granger, which is a good win, but I'm still not completely sold on her. I think Inouye is probably the better fighter. She, I know she's only one and zero in the UFC. A split over, yeah, Yan and Wu. But look at what she did in Invicta. A split decision loss against Verda Jandaroba. Five rounds. We saw. We know obviously how good Jandaroba is. To get a split decision to go five rounds against her is pretty impressive. She had a lot of success before that. I know she has a couple losses. A split against Carolina Kovalkiewicz in 2014, which is not a bad loss back then. Kovalkiewicz was really good. A loss against Alex Grasso, which. It's our, she's obviously a UFC fighter. I'm just more high on it uh, in a way. I think in a way can probably – it pro has the better cardio. She can go five rounds. I think she's going to just push the pace against Lemos and eventually just overwhelm her and probably a decision win. But 
I like Inouye here, and a lot of the public is betting on Limo, so I think you're going to probably get a better line on Inouye if you wait a couple days. Yeah, the line's definitely pushed down 50 cents since the opener, so we'll see what happens in this fight. I think it's a really close fight, though, Cole. I'm not going to lie. I'm not as confident on you as you are in a way. I am leaning towards her a little bit. Uh, there's a few things I like about her. First off, she's only 25. Lemos is uh, 33, so that's an eight-year age, age gap. I mean, that's pretty significant. Inouye, in my opinion, has been pretty impressive in her career. I think she's someone that could have been in the UFC uh, a few years ago, maybe. Um, she's someone that has some a decent amount of experience against high-level competition, Cole. Um, she's fought some really good fighters in her career, has some good wins, lost two wins in the UFC, or uh, Yan Wu in the UFC, and then Vivian Pereira and Victor. Has a loss to Jan Rogue by split decision, uh, and that was a five-round title fight, Cole. I mean, that's a super close fight. Um, she is definitely a talented fighter, and again, she's young. So I like that about her. A lot of experience, too. But Lemos, man, I think she's a little bit of a wild card here. Uh, not not a great record, 7-1-1, one, and, one, and you look at who she's fought, not great opposition, but beating Miranda Granger like she did was pretty impressive, Cole. So going out there and finishing a prospect with that in the first round with submission, that was nice. And like you say, Cole, you know, she goes out there and loses to Leslie Smith. She goes away for like two years. I think she had a USADA issue, if I'm not mistaken, as well. She goes away for like two years, comes back uh, 20 pounds lighter, right? So it's kind of like, what's going on here? And then she looked incredible, so... That time off clearly helped her. I think Lemos is a live dog here, guys, so I'm going to stay away from a bet on this fight. Yeah. I'm going to favor anyway slightly, though. I just think, again, the, the youth and the speed. But Lemos definitely, I think, is a, is a wild card here, Cole. It looks like she's a, a Waleed fighter, too, based on her pitch. Yeah. So maybe if she wins this fight, you'll uh, Waleed's going to be texting you, telling her to interview her and stuff. All right, let's get to the main card here, Cole. First fight on the main card, according to Topology, welterweight bout between Takashi Sato and Daniel Rodriguez. This should be a good fight. Right now we have Daniel Rodriguez. Wow, he's a pretty big favorite, minus 190. Takashi Sato, plus 165. Who's your pick? I like Daniel Rodriguez in this spot. I don't like the line. I think this is a much closer fight. I honestly wouldn't be – I think this is more of like a pick and fight. I see path victories for both men. Uh, Sato's only loss in the is Bilal Muhammad. He knocked out Ben Saunders and then Jason Witt. Jason Witt was that short notice. Dan Rodriguez looked at 2-0 in the UFC, beat Gabe Green pretty convincingly, and then submitted Tim Means, which after Tim Means' last fight looks pretty good. Yep. I think Daniel Rodriguez is a better fighter. He's on a big winning streak, has a lot of ways to finish this fight. He has a lot of submissions, has a lot of Naga power. I wouldn't be surprised if we see some of what he did to Tim Means, where he hurts Tim Means on the feet, then grabs a choke and finishes Sato that way. We've seen that Sato get submitted. His past two losses are submission, so maybe that's path victory for Daniel Rodriguez. I like Rodriguez here. I just don't love the line, and I don't really know if you can lay that kind of chalk on him. Yeah, I pretty much agree with everything you just said. I do favor Rodriguez a little bit, too. I was really impressed with this fight with Tim Means coming in there a short notice, finishing a guy like that. That's impressive. The Gabe Green fight, that's a guy who's not – I don't know if he's UFC caliber, but still, he looked good in that fight. Overall, Cole, eight-fight win streak, and he's finishing pretty much all his opposition. So this is a guy who's very impressive, in my opinion. Um, he is 33, though, so that kind of scares me a little bit, Cole. Like, he's a little bit older, but I feel like maybe he's in his prime right now, so this could be uh, a good time for him to be in the UFC because he'll get a lot of fights this year because they need fighters to fight. Takashi Sato, 16-3, a lot of experience, 30 years old. He's looked good in the UFC overall, Cole. Then win over Ben Saunders was really nice, and the Jason Witt fight was kind of a mismatch, but he looked good there. The Bilal Muhammad fight, though, that worries me, and the Glenco Franca fight, too, in Pancrase. Definitely, this guy has, uh, I think, a little bit of a conditioning issue, Cole, because you look at those losses, round three, round four, and he got submitted in those fights. Rodriguez, to me, is a little bit more well-rounded. I think he can actually potentially even get a submission late in this fight as well. So, to me, 
Rodriguez is just a little bit more well-rounded, and that's why I like him here. But don't love the odds. Uh, I think it opened at minus one thirty, so he opened it much smaller. But I just think a lot of this, a lot of people are just like us, Cole. They just they see Rodriguez as multiple paths to win, and that's exactly what Sharp Thought just said. I think Dira has more ways to win. I agree hundred percent. I think he's got two paths to victory, potentially three, uh, knockout and submission, and potentially a decision as well. Whereas Sato is just a knockout call. I can't see him uh, really winning a decision or getting a submission. Sato's good though. Don't get me wrong, Cole. Like he he's another guy who could pull off the upset just because he has KO power. But, uh, you know, Rodriguez has never been stopped. I don't think he's going to stop here. Give me Daniel Rodriguez. I think he probably finishes this fight with su submission. Uh, let's get to the next fight here, Cole. <laughs> I mean, this one, we're going to do this one quick, guys. Maria Agapova against Shayna Dobson. Right now, Maria Agapova, minus 1250. Dobson, plus 800. Here's my question, Cole. How does she finish this fight? However she wants to. If she wants to knock her out, if she wants to submit her, I... Shannon Dobson got knocked out in 40 seconds to Priscilla Cachoeira last time out. Agapo was a lot more powerful striker. She can knock out Dobson. She has a lot. Her pass, uh, she submitted Hannah Cyphers in the first. Grand Pad and Maria Santos uh, submitted Alexa Connors. Really, whatever way she wants to win. I know she does have that loss to Therese Cordares on the Contender Series, which is, uh, I don't think it's the best uh, loss, but Shane Dobson is, what, one in four or one in three in the UFC. She's Three and four overall. When's the last time you've seen a girl, with a, a person with a losing record in the UFC? The odds, you obviously can't bet it, but honestly, Agapova inside the distance is minus 260. I don't think that's a bad bet at all to bet because I can't see Dobson surviving the three rounds against Agapova. Yeah, I hate laying juice on props, but in this case, that's probably the way to go here because 1250 is a high price, but minus 260, a much more platable price for inside the distance. And I can't see Dobson surviving three rounds. This I honestly don't know if she'll survive one. Yeah, I mean, the under set at one and a half rounds. When was the last time we seen a women's fight set at one and a half? Never. It's always two and a half. I'm kind of leaning towards the under as well, Cole. I think she probably stops from the first round. I'm guessing it's going to be a submission. It could be a knockout, though. But if I had to guess, it would be a submission. So maybe look at that prop when it comes out. But yeah, we're not going to spend much time in this fight. This is an easy fight for Agapova. I don't know why the UFC booked this fight. Again, I know she called her out, but they should have been like, all right, let's give you someone a little bit better after that last fight against uh, uh, Hannah Cyphers, where she just completely torched her. <laughs> Dan says 5K and Dobson. Good luck, man. Good luck. Hope you're rich and you can afford to a pretty good price. Yeah. All right, let's get to the next fight, Cole. Light heavyweight boat, Mike Rodriguez against Martin Prachnio. Right now, the odds have Mike Rodriguez minus 235, Prachnio plus 195. Who's your pick? I think this is a class loser-goes-home matchup. Uh, Prachnio 0-2 in the UFC. First-round knockouts to Sam Alvey and Magomed Ankalaev. Losing to Sam Alvey in the first round is not a good loss. Mike Rodriguez lost to Dung Hun Jung, which is – he's a pretty good fighter. And then the no contest against John Allen um, – for that uh, knocked out Adam said lost Devin Clark in his UFC debut. His losses aren't too bad. Like Devin Clark doesn't get a lot of respect. He's a durable guy. He's tough to finish. I think Mike Rodriguez can finish uh, uh, Pacino here. I'm not too high on him. I think he could probably finish his UFC career 0-3, but no way you can lay, what, minus 235 on Mike Rodriguez, who hasn't looked that good in the UFC. I think this is a stay-away fight, but I think Mike Rodriguez probably er, should win and probably finish his uh, Pacino. Yeah, I pretty much agree with everything you said on this one as well, Cole. Um, Rodriguez, he's definitely got knockout power. We've seen that contender series. The fight gets a little sad, but a lot of holes in his game, Cole. Getting knocked out by Jung. John Allen beat him as a big underdog. Devin Clark beat him. So there's a lot of ways to beat this guy. If you if he can't get you out in the first round, that seems where he gets most of his finishes, Cole. He tends to gas and lose late. So 
You know, he's got pretty much one round to work, two rounds here, Cole, against Pratchett, you know, to get a finish. But even if he doesn't, I think he can grind out the uh, decision here. But, you know, Pratchett, you know, he has a you know, decent amount of experience himself, one championship guy. Um, he's fought some pretty good competition. But I just haven't been impressed at all in the UFC, what he's did, losing back-to-back fights to Alvi and Ankalaya by knockout. He hasn't fought in two years as well, Cole. That's another thing uh, that's going against him here. So there's just a lot going against him here. I like uh, Mike Rodriguez to get a knockout here. Don't love the odds, but I do favor him quite a bit to win this fight. Um, Dan says, Poker Stars is Agapova inside distance at minus 180. I'm all over that. Didn't even know they had odds at Poker Stars for it. Me either. That's cool. I like that line, though. I think that's a great line. So if you can get it, take it. Don't even know what the limits are. Probably pretty low, but still. All right, let's go to the co-main event, Cole. It should be an interesting fight. Alonzo Menifield against OSP, Ovin St. Peru. And right now, Menifield minus 135, OSP plus 115. OSP actually opened as a favorite in this fight, so the line's flipped with Menifield now a slight favorite. Who's your pick, Cole? I actually like the underdog in Ovin St. Peru. I think I wasn't too high on what Menifield did against Devin Clark. He kind of gassed out after the first round. And taking this fight on a week and a half notice, I don't really know what kind of shape or how, how his cardio is going to look. And OSP is not a guy that you knock out in the first round. He's a pretty durable guy. And I think if OSP can survive that first round, the fights uh, his to lose, I think he can take Menafield down. Some of what Clark did. And I wouldn't even be surprised if we see OSP Menafield. I don't love this fight for Alonzo Menafield. He lost to Devin Clark. And to me, I think OSP is a better fighter than Devin Clark. He has power. He has the ground game. So I think OSP is a dog. I really like that line. I just think if OSP can survive the onslaught of Alonzo Menafield in the first round, he can have a ton of success in the second and third. It probably just, even if he doesn't finish them, I think it's going to be like what Devin Clark did, lose the first round, win second and third, win a decision. I have OSP here, and as an underdog, I really like that line as well. Yeah, and again, me and Cole don't talk about these fights beforehand. We like going in here blind, but I'm with you, Cole. It's a second dog that we actually agree on. We like Hubbard together, and we both like OSP here. Yeah, I mean, after that last fight with Menafield and Clark, I even told you, Cole, I'm like, man, what happens if he gasses out? Then what? If he can't get the finish first in the first round, he does gas out, and that's exactly what happened. So he has one round to finish OSP. If he doesn't do that, I think he loses his fight. So he'll be super dangerous in the first round. OSP has been knocked out. Definitely a chance that Menafield can get the knockout, but it has been a few years since OSP has been finished by strikes, four years actually. It seems like his striking defense gotten a little bit better. Obviously, his ground game is offensively it's incredible defensively it has a lot of problems we've seen him get submitted a couple times he's a flawed guy man he's got a lot of flaws in this game and his uh defense overall is not great but offensively cole osp is dangerous man and i was kind of impressed by his fight with ben rothwell i know he lost but it was a heavyweight on short notice and he won uh just lost a split decision he could have he dropped rothwell a couple times in the third round i think he dropped him what twice yeah i thought and some people thought he won the fight cole like it was it was pretty close so to me like if he had won that fight, Cole, wouldn't he be a bigger favorite here than yeah. he right now where he's an underdog? There's value in OSP. I like Menafield. Guy's got knockout power, but that last fight showed he's got holes in his game, guys. So OSP, that's the pick here. Sharp thought. OSP. Likes him. Plus 110. Cole, I think he should be favored. I think there's value in him as a dog. So anytime you see a line like this where the line is flipped, in your opinion, you probably should be placing a bet on it. Of course, Menafield's got KO power, guys, so he can go out there and finish OSP, and me and Cole will be like, all right, we lost that uh, that pick. But I just think based on pure value, Cole, you've got to go with OSP here, man. All right, guys, main event of the evening, five-round fight. Finally happens, Cole, finally. It feels like we've been talking about this fight for like six months now, but finally Frank Yeager make his debut at 135. It's been a long time coming. 
He'll be taking on the number five ranked guy in the division, Pedro Munoz. It's a big fight for Frankie, a big fight for Pedro. Right now we have Munoz minus 255, Frankie Edgar plus one, uh, plus 215. Cole, who's your pick? This fight I've been going back and forth on. I don't understand a lot. I think this is a lot closer fight than the odds suggest. I think people are overlooking Frankie Edgar. Like I know he's on two-fight losing streak, knocked out to Korean Zombie, took that fight on short notice, lost Max Holloway by decision. He's only losing to those elite guys. I think Bamman is where he should have been for a long time. And for once in his career, like I don't even remember the last time, but he has a reach advantage here and a pretty sizable reach advantage. I think it's seven inches, uh, 72 versus six five. Yeah, seven-inch reach advantage. So it's going to be interesting to see what he does with that. If I wouldn't be surprised if he can keep Munoz on the outside, just uses jab, uses wrestling. To Pedro Munoz has also never gone five rounds in the UFC, so I think Frankie Edgar that experience really helps him. I am so close picking Frankie Edgar. I'm going with Pedro Munoz. I just don't know what Edgar can do. Like I don't know what his chin's gonna do. Like, I don't know what he's gonna look like at 135. Maybe he's more accessible to the knockout. I think there's a clear path to victory, Frank Edgar, but. I just don't know if I can bet him right now just with what I've seen lately. So my pick's Pedro Munoz, but again, I wouldn't bet Pedro Munoz at this price. Yeah, the odds are a little bit higher than I thought, Cole, to be honest with you. Uh, I think I messaged you a few weeks ago when the fight was originally supposed to happen. I was like, wow, I'm surprised Pedro's this big of a favorite. Don't get me wrong. He deserves to be favored. I mean, the guy's got way more experience at 135, obviously. He's got that win over Cody Garbrandt from last year. It's a huge win. He's got some other nice wins. He's talented, man. He's good everywhere, too. He's dangerous on the feet and on the ground. So Pedro Munoz is a stud. Um, he hasn't fought in a year though, but does kind of worry me a little bit because you never know with ring rust, but overall, I mean, the guy's good. He did have COVID-19. seems like he's healthy now and ready to go. So that shouldn't affect him too much. I would hope, but you never know. I mean, you never know how it affects someone's cardio. Um, Frankie Edgar, obviously a legend of the sport call 38 years old now though, getting up there in age, coming off back-to-back -back losses to Holloway and Jung, obviously elite guys, no problem with the losses themselves, but, the way he lost that junk fight, Cole. Uh, this is an auto fade on Frankie Edgar, Cole. You can't pick him here, man. First fight at 135, cutting down to 135. First time in his career, age 38. I love Frankie, man. He deserves respect. I can't pick him, Cole. I can't do it, man. I got to go with Pedro Munoz. I, I think he probably knocks Frankie out, you know, because I don't think this fight's going to go five rounds. I just don't see his chin being on the hold up at 135. That weight cut's going to be tough, I think, Cole. I know you look good in those pictures, Cole. But he didn't actually cut the 135 at that point. Wait till he has to cut that extra couple pounds to make the weight. I don't see it going well for him. We've seen Frankie kind of take more punishment in the last few years. He got knocked out by Ortega. He got knocked out by Jung. Munoz is a guy that does have knockout power. Pedro Munoz by knockout is my pick in the main event, Cole. All right, so that's it for UFC on ESPN 15, Munoz Edgar. So we had a couple dogs there, consensus dogs, OSP and Hubbard. I also took Gonzalez as a dog. And it seems like Cole is still on the fence a little bit about that main event, but maybe I swung one towards uh, Munoz for sure after my breakdown of that. So we'll see what happens um, this weekend. I, I really want to see what Edgar looks like. Maybe that's going to influence my pick. Like I am, like I am sort of leaning. Like I am close picking Edgar. So I want to see what he looks like at one thirty-five, but I don't know if I can really pick him just with the way he's looked lately. Yeah, exactly. I mean, the guy's again a legend. He'll be in the Hall of Fame. Cole, he has good wins, like the Yair Rodriguez win. From three years ago, I mean, you looked amazing in that fight, but just the fight against Jung, man, that that worries me, Cole. He got destroyed in that fight, man. Like it's just like, whoa, where's his chin at these days? Um, like I said, guys, I'll save Bellator for probably Thursday, so I'll be doing that preview later. It'll be by myself, but uh, we are going to do contender series right now, so we'll do that quickly, Cole. Dana White's contender series twenty nine that takes place tonight, Tuesday night, 
So it should be good. I'm going to pull it up here, Cole. Uh, what do you thought about Contender Series so far, Cole? We didn't get a chance to talk about uh, it last week, the recap. But they did sign all five fighters, Cole. It seems like you're kind of giving away the contracts like candy, man. What do you think? Yeah, I, I picked Corey McKenna in that fight. That was my dog. And I don't think she deserved the ESC contract. I think it's – if you grow a favor was not a coach, I don't know if she'd really get in. She's still so young. She's 21. I think she's, what, 4-1 and one or 5-1 and one now? Yep. I think she's going to have a tough time in the UFC. I don't think, I think this is someone the UFC should, should have done developmental deals. But the problem is a lot of regional scene fights or promotions aren't going on. So maybe that's why the UFC aren't handing out development, developmental deals. But Dana White is handing out these contracts like nothing. Like I thought only really Laramie uh, Yanis could have got it. I didn't, I didn't really think Ibo was going to get it. I think they only gave Ampo the fight just because. Um, he already agreed to a fight against Maggie Patolo. I don't think if that fight was a thing, I don't think he would have got a contract. Even the main event, Stolfsis, I don't know if he really deserved one. He won does an injury. He is an experienced guy, but I don't know. I don't really agree with Dana White handing out all five last week. He's given out eight of nine contracts to the winners. The one fight that he didn't was that really like terrible. Controversial, list. yeah. Yeah, so it is what it is. You know, I like Contender Series a lot. It's a nice thing to have on Tuesday nights. I just wish that bar of what a UFC caliber fighter is yeah. is the same as it was like 10 years ago. It's obviously changed a lot. There's a lot more shows now, Cole. Someone like Corey McKenna, and I talked about her on Sunday's podcast, Cole, why is she in the UFC? She's not ready for the UFC. So in my opinion, that was a bad signing. But either way, let's talk about this card. And again, very well could be another five contract given out, depending on how these fights go. Let's start with the first fight, Cole. It's a rebooking between Kevin Siler and Kenny Cross. Supposed to happen a couple weeks ago. We finally can see it now. Right now we have Kevin Seiler, minus 165, Cross, plus 145. Who's your pick? Yeah, I'm surprised after um, – uh, I'm surprised Seiler just never got signed over to the UFC. I think I'm really high on him. He's 10-0. He's looked really good. I think Seiler should win this fight. I think he can probably uh, submit Kenny Cross. We've seen Kenny Cross lose all three of his fights by submission. So Seiler has a lot of submission wins. I think Seiler's going to get this one. I think he's going to submit Cross, and I I wouldn't I think he's uh, probably a shoe to get a UFC contract as well. Yeah, I think you got to go Siler as well. I mean, undefeated, obviously he has the experience on Contender Series. He didn't finish his fight, that's why he didn't get signed. But uh, <laughs> you know, if this was last year, cool. If that fight was now, the one they had last year, he'd be signed. So yeah. I think even if he wins a decision here, he'll probably get signed because he's a talented guy, good ground game, good submissions. Cross ten and three and. He's got some really nice knockouts, four straight knockouts, cool. But overall, I mean, his double competition is not great. Uh, I think that other guy he was supposed to fight, Devontae Robinson, I think he probably would have knocked him out and would have got a contract. So that sucks, man, because I think he's going to lose his fight and he probably won't get the deal. So that's part of the sport, I guess. But yeah, I, I like Siler Cole. I don't know. It's going to be a decision or a submission. Hard to say, but, you know, Cross has been submitted three times. So I'm kind of leaning towards a submission call for uh, Kevin Siler. I think this guy's a pretty good prospect. We'll see what happens in this fight. All right, next up, this fight I'm really looking forward to because I think the winner for sure gets signed. Heavyweights, Josh Parisian, Chad Johnson. Josh Parisian, minus 220, Chad Johnson, plus 180. And I should mention the weigh-ins. Josh Parisian, 265.5. Chad Johnson, 215. So he'll have a 50-pound weight advantage, Cole. Who's your pick? I don't know why Johnson is not a light heavyweight. If you're 215, like... You either have to add weight or you have to lose weight. Like 215, I don't think – I think the perfect weight for a heavyweight is that 235 to 245 range. Yeah. And just if you're 215, you either take that a bulk up or lose some weight. Like 215 is way too light for a heavyweight. But 
Josh Parisian, I don't know if I've seen a fighter go contender series to the ultimate fighter. So like fighting twice in the contender series and on the ultimate fighter. I don't know if that's happened before. Josh Parisian, the guy at the UFC, they're really high on, but every time they try to him, he just loses. Like he beat Greg Rebello on first down in the contender series. Probably should have got signed after that, but they put him on the ultimate fighter and then lost in the first round. And then he lost to Brett Martin, who's, I think if he, Brett Martin beats Bigfoot Silva, he's probably going to be signed. So that's not a bad loss. But since then, on a big winning streak, I think Josh Parisian is going to get this fight done. And he's going to knock up Chad Johnson. The problem with Johnson is he's only fought two guys with a winning record. And one of them he lost in the first round by knockout. He just hasn't fought the level of competition Josh Parisian has. I think Parisian should be able to knock up Johnson. I think. Even if Parisian wins by decision, I think he's going to get signed. I think the UFC really likes this guy. Yo, I, I like Parisian a lot, man. This guy should have been in the UFC two years ago when he knocked up Greg Rebello. I don't know why he didn't get signed. Like, that was a good win. Greg Rebello is a pretty respected guy in the regional team with a lot of experience. He went in there and knocked on the spinning back fist goal. Then, of course, he went to the contender, um, ultimate fighter. He lost to Michelle Batista. Obviously, the UFC didn't like what they saw there. Goes in the regional scene and lose to Brett Martin. Now we know Brett Martin's really good. He's like a top prospect. He's going to knock out Bigfoot probably next month. Since then, this guy's won five straight fights by knockout. Cool. I like Parisian a lot. Man. Really high on him. Chad Johnson, he's got some nice wins, flashy wins on his resume. But you look at the level of competition, Cole, it's really weak. I mean, he's fighting guys that are you know, not very good. And the last win, I guess, was okay. The Hull fight, that's a guy that's decent. So I'll give him credit there. But you know, overall, Cole, I just feel like 50-pound weight advantage, man. Like That's something that to me is huge. The last couple uh, cards we've seen, some of these uh, weight discrepancies, the heavyweight, I mean, they, they, they play out in interesting ways. But in this potential fight, I I just think Parisian knocks, knocks him out, man. So that's my pick. Josh Parisian by knockout. I, I do think he wins this fight. So I think, you know, right now the odds minus 220. It's not bad. I mean, he opened at minus 165. Would have liked him a lot better there, but Cole. But I do think he wins, Cole. So I think he's someone you could potentially, you know, make a play on here. All right, next up, the, the first of two – Cossie brothers. We have Orion Cossie against Matt Dixon in a welterweight boat. Right now we have Matt Dixon minus 290, Orion Cossie plus 245. Who's your pick? Uh, these Cossie brothers, they have fought absolutely no one. They have, look at this guy's record. The guys he fought, 2 and 1, 18 and 43, 4 and 0, 1 and 0, 1 and 3, 1 and 1. Matt Dixon has actually been fighting pretty good guys. If you fight an LFA in extreme fight, you fight a lot of pretty good guys. Like his last one was Justin Patterson, who has some notable wins on his record. Then a 10 and 3 guy, 11 and 8, 6 and 4, 13, 10, 8 and 6, 7 and 6. Although those records aren't good, they're all winning records. I think Matt Dixon and the way he finishes a lot of his fights, he has a fourth round finish too. So you know he has the cardio. His last one was a decision to get Justin Patterson, who's a tough guy, but I think Matt Dixon will be able to finish Kosky in the probably the first or second round by knockout. And at 9 and 0, if he gets a finish, he's getting signed to the UFC. Yeah, I'm definitely curious to see how these Kossi brothers do. I mean, like you said, Cole, like you look at their level competition, just really bad. Matt Dixon has fought pretty good fighters. I mean, most of them have winning records. Most of them have double-digit wins. So this guy's a legitimate prospect, Cole. Uh, I like Matt Dixon in this fight. You know, I, I like Dixon and I like Parisian. Just looking at the odds, you parlay them, that's even money, basically. So I think that's something you could think about, guys. That, that's something I would think about. So I like Dixon in this fight, Cole. I'm with you. I think he probably gets a finisher and gets signed, but we'll see what happens. I mean, Kossi is undefeated. Maybe he's just, like again, sandbagging against lower-level guys and you come in here and, and show off some skills. But uh, from what I've seen, Dixon should win this fight. Next up, we have a women's strawweight boat. Cheyenne buys against Hillary Rose. Now, me and Cole talked about this fight a little bit off-air. He doesn't think the winner gets signed. I think for sure Cheyenne buys gets signed. 
Go and check out her topology page. Uh, go check her topology page out, guys. Go check out her Instagram, guys. The UFC will want this girl on her roster. She is definitely an attractive woman. Can she fight? We'll see. But if she can fight, they'll sign her. So right now we have buys minus two thirty, Rose plus one ninety. Who's your pick? I like Shine buys in this fight. She comes out of Florida. I just don't think either of these girls. I think these girls are like Corey McKenna were neither of them by UFC caliber at this time. Give them a couple years on the regional scenes. Get this win. I know Shine buys it's an attractive girl. She probably will be signed. I just don't they don't know how good she'll do in the UFC. She's at a straw shut straw, which is the most stacked division in the women's division of the UFC. I can't see either girl having success in the UFC if they get signed tonight. I think Baez wins this fight. I think she probably wins by decision. I don't know if she'll be able to finish Hillary Rose, but to me, if I was handing out the contracts, I wouldn't hand out a contract to either of them. I just don't think they're UFC ready. Yeah, they both actually have quite a bit of amateur experience, including Cheyenne Baez fighting fighters like Robertson and Domopoulos in the regional scene. So, I mean, she has some amateur experience. Uh, I like uh, Baez a little bit too, Cole. There's a lot of hype behind her, obviously, but, you know, I think overall, I mean, she's pretty impressive. That win in uh, Ontario last year was nice against Lizzie Garbat. That's a nice win. The girls from beating Alfie was terrible, though. So it's one of these situations, you look at the level of competition, it's really weak. And, and same with Rose. She's on a four-fight win streak, but again, weak competition. We'll see what happens here, but I lean towards buys to win the decision. But I do think she'll get signed just based on marketability alone. And finally, we have the main event, Walter Ray Boat, Victor Reyna against Luis Casse. And right now we have uh, Reyna minus 140. He's a favorite. Casse plus 120. Who's your pick? Just like I said about his brother, Casse has fought. No, they both beat <laughs> this Daniel McWilliams guy in back-to-back -back fights. The guy's 18 and 42 when he fought Lewis, and then when he fought his brother, he was 18 and 43. That is how you pattern. Look at this guy's record: four and four. This is who he's beat: four and four, four and eight, 18, 42, 0 and 0, two and three, six and four. He's fought one guy with a winning record. He's fought. I don't know why. Like, does the UFC not look at like this stuff of who they've beaten? Like, I think that should be like a thing to get in on the contenders in the UFC. Like. Beat someone good. Beat someone with a winning record or double-digit wins. Even if they have a losing record, make them have at least like a couple wins. But Victor Reina, 34 years old, been on the contenders before, lost to me, uh, Miguel Baeza by decision. We, we obviously saw what Miguel Baeza did. This is Victor Reina's really last shot in the UFC. 34 years old. He's got to get in tonight. He's got to make a run soon. I think Reina should win this fight. The problem is a lot of his fights go the distance. He does a split decision win over Daniel Rodriguez, who's fighting this Saturday. That's Rodriguez's only loss, so it does look good. If Reyna wins a decision, I don't think he's going to get signed. I think he needs to finish this fight because he's a guy that goes to a decision a lot. I, th I think if he finishes, he gets signed. If he goes, if he wins a decision, I am picking Reyna to win, but it's just whether or not you think he finishes. Uh, gay. If he finishes, he gets contract. If he goes distance, I don't think he does again. It's always fun to like look at these guys' records and who they fought and then click on those guys and, and see who they fought. Like, you look at one of this guy, this guy, Bill Smallwood, who he beat. I knock Cole. You look at that guy's record. He fought C.B. Dalloway and Calvin Gastelum in his first two fights. So, I mean, it's crazy when you look back at some of these guys. But, uh, yeah, as far as Kase goes, I mean, like you said, Cole, padded record, man. We talked about this off air too, Cole. Padded record. Reyna definitely fought better competition. Coming off a win in Kabachi. The fight with Brazer was a really good fight, by the way. I mean, both guys could have been signed, actually, after that fight. It was an excellent fight. Baeza looks incredible now in the UFC. So, like, that's not a bad loss, in my opinion. And overall, Cole, like you said, the win over Rodriguez a couple years ago, that's a nice win. And he's got some other decent wins. I mean, he's fought decent level competition. So, I, it's a fade on these Kossi brothers, Cole, just based on them not fighting anyone good. 
maybe they're going to go in there and shut us both up. We're going to come back on uh, next Tuesday and me and Cole will be like, yeah, the Costi brothers got us. But, you know, Cole, I, I think he loses too. So my pick's Reina by decision. Dan says overs are a ton of value in D, uh, Dan West Contender Series. Two weeks ago, all overs were plus 200 or more, and 50% of fights went decision. Yeah, most people think that the fights inside the small cage will end inside a distance, but it seems like a lot of them are actually going the distance these days, which is kind of cool. It's kind of like uh, things are kind of evening up, I guess, because at the beginning of like the small cage goal, everyone was getting knocked out. Now it's like there's more decisions. Now, me and Cole got to get out here in a second, but I want to just get a quick thought on a couple of fight announcements, Cole. Umar Nurmagomedov against Sergey Morozov. What do you think of this fight, Cole? It's weird. Umar Nurmagomedov went from fighting the Daniel Wood to this guy. I don't know why they didn't give him a better guy. He looked really good in the PFL. I'm surprised they never gave him more of a name. He should win this fight. I really like that Nathaniel Wood fight. I won't want to see that down the line. Like, I get why they didn't rebook and Nathaniel Wood just got a win, but I thought Umar would get a bigger name for his debut. Yep. I'm with you on that one. Well, Luis Smoker versus Jose Quinones. This has got to be like Luis's last fight in the UFC if he doesn't win, right? Yeah, the UFC really likes him, but he's got to win this fight. Can you know, this is... I honestly don't know who is going to be favored. I think you might even see just to pick him. Both guys have showed some flashes in the UFC. Both guys have showed that they don't really belong in the UFC. So it's going to be actually what uh, I think. I wouldn't be surprised if even Quinones gets caught up for this one. Yeah. I think this could be a lose goes home matchup. And when you get that, I think you get a lot of good fights with both guys are fighting for their jobs. Yeah, I'm with you on that one. And the last one here, this is a fun fight. Rally and Pive against Amir Albazi. And I think it's, oh, it's actually a 125. So. Yeah, Albezi looked great in his last fight. Pavia coming off a really controversial win, but uh, what do you think of this fight? Yeah, this is a really good fight. I think it's yeah. an interesting. Paiva, you could have made the case he lost a fight. Albazi looked really good. I honestly don't know who I'm going to pick now, and that's such a close yeah. fight. Yeah, Paiva has the more UFC experience. He's looked better. It's weird. Paiva it was on the wrong end of controversial, uh, controversial decision against Kai Care France in Australia, where a lot of people thought Paiva won. And then he was on the right end of this one. It's just the way things work sometimes. Like yeah. you could have made the case beat Kai Care France, and he would have never gotten that last fight. He would have been a rank. Like, he would have been way up there in the rankings. But Paiva has more UFC experience, but I think Albazi has more upside. It's going to be interesting to see what the line is like too for that one. Yeah, I'm with you on that one, Cole. Uh, we just got a few questions, Cole. Let's just answer them really yeah. here. So we'll go to Marcus. Hey, Marcus, how are you? First round, man, first round management under Aikawa manages Derek Lewis and Rosenstrike, who are ranked top five at heavyweights, and Jones is now at heavyweight. If you were Lewis or Garzino, would you feel confident your manager looking out for you? I mean, the Kawas, like all other managers, they're all about hopefully making their clients happy, but they're all about making the biggest fights possible. Yeah. And I think in this case, you know, John Jones is going to fight whoever UFC wants him to fight. And it's probably going to be Stipe if you had to ask me. Listen, no managers, they don't really want their guys to fight each other if it's not for a belt, but in this case, they might have to. I think we'll see Curtis Blaze against Lewis, though. I've seen a lot of people say Lewis Rosenstrike Cole, but I'd rather see Rosenstrike versus uh, Rover. And I want to see the rematch. I'd like to see the rematch, Cole. So we'll see what happens there. But uh, any thoughts on that, Cole? On Marcus's comment? I wouldn't be surprised if we see Jones Stipe happen if that happens, and we see Ngadu Lewis, too. I think they're trying to keep Lewis away from Curtis Blaze. I think. They have someone in Derek Lewis where if you keep him against a striker, he could put on some fun fights against Derek Lewis or against Curtis Blades. I wouldn't be surprised. Blades kind of just mauls him and holds down on the ground. It's a pretty boring fight. Yeah. Curtis Blades even talked about that how they, he thinks the UFC is uh, keeping Derek Lewis away from him. As for Rosenstruck Overeem, every time I talk to Rosenstruck, he has no interest in that Overeem rematch. Maybe the UFC force it. Overeem has to uh, win his next fight, but yeah, he's fighting with Vessel Sakai. I should have mentioned that two weeks or something. 
So yeah, which is man, it's it's interesting though. But I think I don't know. I think I don't really know what to do with Rosestruck after that win. Like yeah. he's a guy that I'm still not high on. I don't think he's the best MMA fighter. He's a good striker. I think for wrestler fights, I'm like I think Curtis Blades absolute mauls. I'm like. Yeah. I don't. I thought JDS would wrestle, so I'm surprised JDS didn't. I thought that was his path to victory, but Rosenstruck can knock out anyone, though. I, I like Rosenstruck, man. I'm pretty high on him. Well, I'm higher than you than you are, Cole. I've always been higher on him, but uh, we'll see what happens. Because again, you're right, you're right. The wrestling is still a question mark. Marcus has another question. Do you guys see Gustin rushing back 205 now? Jones is less than the division. That's a really good question, Marcus. Now, actually, we didn't mention this, but uh, Anthony Rumble Johnson is back in the U.S. You could see a rematch between those guys. I mean, that'd be interesting. I, it's funny though. Rumble, all of a sudden, everything happened yesterday, Cole. Right? Rumble announces his return. Gustafson, I think he'll fight again at heavyweight. I think he put on all that weight. He will. He'll want to take one more fight. But I don't see Gus being a real competitor for that title. I mean, losing the Verdum, that's a guy he had to beat. He didn't beat him. He got tapped out pretty fast. So yeah, I don't think he'll go back to two hundred five. Um, also, we had a couple questions from Eduardo Flores. Hey, Eduardo. What could be next for Chris Dawkins? That's a good question as well. First off, the guy he fought, Parker Porter, is not a UFC caliber fighter, Cole. So don't get too hyped up about this guy just yet. You know, he did have a nice win by, by Nako. And also, he's a Philadelphia police officer, Cole. So I got to give this guy props because that's a tough job. But Cole, I mean, look at the guy he beat. What do you, what do you say, Cole? I'm not even sure Chris Dawkins is a UFC caliber either. Like, I really don't know. Like, what did we learn? That fight, that's a contender series fight, too. And he probably would have been signed. But again, right now, there's no regional scene. Really, like there's not many regional shows going on, so I'm okay with these guys getting signed right now. But I hope once this pandemic's over, cool, they start really filtering the roster again. And the other question this guy Eduardo had was thoughts on Marcus Ruggiero de Lima versus Alexander Romanov. Romanov's a fun prospect. Yeah, he's a beast. He was supposed to fight Tabura, I think, a few months ago. And yeah. fight got canceled. I think was it COVID nineteen? I think he got COVID nineteen, if I'm not mistaken. So hopefully he's better now. I think Cole, I'm pretty sure he did. And then Delima He's kind of like inconsistent, but guy's kind of a beast too. So I don't know. We'll see. But I, Romanov, I think, would probably be favored there, right? Yeah, I think so too. And then Marcus has one other question here. I find it hard to believe Dana will not let Francis fight Stipe next. He's on a four-fight win streak. All wins by knockout in the first round. We did talk about this last night, Marcus, over uh, DM. And I know what you're saying, Marcus, but I feel like it could be a spot where Dana White's like, you know what? The Jones fight's just bigger. That's why they would go with them. But it wouldn't surprise me. Either way, if they kept Nagano in that title mix right now, it just sucks for him. Like, if he does get passed over, it's going to suck. But, again, it's all about the the dollar right now and uh, the bottom line. And I think, you know, in a pandemic year, Cole, they're going to go on and put on the best fight they can, the biggest fight they can. Marcus says, as heavyweight champ, you think Jones is more remarkable than Francis, considering how Francis has been a finishing opponent. While Jones hasn't looked amazing in recent fights. That's another really good point. Uh, man, Nagano's looked incredible, Cole. That win streak he has against Blades, Junior, Kane, and Rosenstrike, impressive as hell. But John Jones is the GOAT. So to me, John Jones is the most remarkable guy. Yeah. I think he's the biggest star they have right now, besides Connor, obviously. But I think Jones is right there. So we'll see what happens, guys. But honestly, I think Jones will get the fight. So that's that's my gut feeling here, Cole. I think Jones is going to sneak in. Do you want to just give a final comment before we get out of here, Cole, on, on who's going to fight next? I mean, if I'd pick, I'd think John Jones gets it. Just just money, right? It's just a bigger fight for the UFC. It's a big fight for Stipe. Does Stipe really want to rematch Francis Ngannou? Francis, that's the thing. If he didn't beat Francis yet, yes, we'd all like to see that. And I'm not saying Francis can't win that rematch. He is a big favorite after all. 
But Cole, we've already seen that fight. I want to see a fresh fight. And Stipe only I might only have like one or two fights left. I want to see a John Jones fight. If you're Stipe Miocic and the UFC offers you a France and Gone rematch or a John Jones fight, he's picking John Jones because if he beats John Jones, that secures the legacy. It's not even just the best heavyweight, but one of the best ever if you were to beat John Jones. Dude, if he goes out there and finishes John Jones, like he's he's probably the best ever. It's crazy, right? And Stipe and, losses, but the way he's battled back from them, Cole, so impressive. What are you going to say? And if he goes out and beats France and Gano again, everyone's like, oh, you already beat this guy 50-44. You already dominated this guy. What's this win do? Dude, I was looking at the scorecards, 50-44 across the board. Like, I was, I couldn't, I knew it was dominant. And there were some people that gave multiple 10-8 rounds to Stipe. Yeah, it was a beatdown. And again, Francis has definitely improved his wrestling, his takedown defense since then. Cole, I think that Stipe would do the same thing, kind of survive that first round and just kind of grind him out if he could survive. That's it, Cole. Let's, let's get out of here, man. Plug your stuff, Cole, and let's get out of here. Yeah, this week the show should be out soon. It's Frankie Edgar, Ovin St. Pru, Alonzo Battlefield, John Salter, so I'll stories with all them, fighter picks for the main event. And then I'll talk to Martin Vera today, so I'll have that up soon. Yeah. Other than that, everything's also on my Twitter. Awesome, Cole. Yeah, you guys can find me on Twitter at Martin and the podcast MAOddsbreaker.com. It's on our YouTube channel. Please like, share, subscribe, guys. Also, check me out at BJPan.com and MMARatings.net. I'm going to be back on Thursday at 10 a.m. I'll be previewing Bellator 244 solo, so that should be good. Got to thank Cole once again, man, for sticking around uh, past the hour. Don't want to go too much past the hour, Cole, but I appreciate you sticking around, man. I know you have probably interviews with a ton of guys for BJ Penn, Just Scrap Radio coming up. So uh, your podcast drops today, obviously, right? So I'm excited for that, man. Cole's doing a great job, guys. Seriously, go check out his podcast as well and subscribe to it. So appreciate it, Cole. Thanks to everyone who joined us today in the chat who asked a question. And I'll be back Thursday at 10 a.m. to preview Bell Tour. So, guys, have a great day, and I'll see you soon. Bye.